He's the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the watchdog on Wall Street. It's one of those days and I'm in one of those moods. <laughs> I, um, I, I, listen, I, I've got a, I got a stack here. Uh, I got a stack of I, I just, you know, details, information, statistics, you name it. Uh, when it comes to market sell-offs, when it comes to corrections post-World War II, I got a list here. List here, 15% plus quarterly drops for the S&P 500 post-World War II. 20% two-quarter drops for S&P 500 post-World War II and what the markets do after that. And I got the whole stack of information here. And you know what, people, i be honest with you, I'm tired to some degree of, of you know trying to convince people what the right thing is. That's my job. I I, I get that. Uh, but you, you got to put yourself in my shoes, okay? It is, without a doubt, a Sisyphean battle. Are you pushing the rock to the top of the hill again and again and again? And, you know, it, it just rolls back down on me. Rolls back down on me. And, I, again, I've been doing this long enough and dealt with recessions and corrections and market sell-offs and, you know, warning people what, you know, not to do, and they, they go against that, and they, it, it's tough. You got to put yourself in my position. That's not long-term clients of ours. These are people that that listen to this program, might be new to the show, and again, they, they get scared. They get scared. They get worried. They think that the world is, is going to end. They think that this time it's it, something is unique or different. Yeah, it's funny. There was a, a survey done, and I'll get into this a little bit. We talk about inflation. There was a survey done where consumers are saying that uh, 2022 is the worst economy ever. Worst economy ever. That's patently absurd. It's patently absurd to think that this is the worst economy ever. But again, it's people... Pay what they're paying at the pump. Never understood that the people have to pay there and they're constantly getting hit with that and the gross through. So, you know, today, I'm not going to go through. I'm not going to explain to you, you know, via the numbers and all this stuff. It's it's just, again, I, I think it'll just fall upon deaf ears. Okay? There's a lot of negativity that, that is this all the time. You know, again, you're constantly getting hit with it in the business news out there. Are we in a recession? Are we going into a recession? Might we not avoid the, I just It's one thing after another. I can't tell you how many times the word recession I hear over the course of the day. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, people. Who the hell cares? Who cares? 
I, I went through. I've been doing what what I'm supposed to do as a a business owner. And not only do we, you know, manage you know billion plus dollars for people all over the country, um, but I, I also manage business here. And I, I take a look, and you know, when, when there's things are slowing down, I'd say, you know, what's working, what's not working, uh, whatever it may be. Where can we cut costs? And that's smart. And this is what people should do. But you don't go and run and hide during a recession. Recessions is where you are smart. You get aggressive in certain areas. You look to build. You look to expand. You look to take advantage of the situation. It's an opportunity. It really is. It's an opportunity for your portfolio for crying out loud. All right. We're going to relook. You know, what, what, what do we need to move around here? What, what has gone on sale? What can we take advantage of? Where's some of the best safe yields that are out there? Yeah. I'm still holding on. I'm still holding on to stocks and, and certain exchange traded funds and whatnot back from the great stuff that I bought. Back during 2008, 2009, and when I bought them, they were at such a deep discount, the yields were off the charts. The dividend that you could get at the point, it was off the charts. You know what? I'm still getting that yield. They haven't cut it. The facts expanded upon it. It's what I, I paid into it at that point in time, right? It's amazing. It's amazing what's out there. As long as you don't live in fear, it makes no sense. Anyway, you got story here. Welcome to the recession. Atlanta Fed slashes second quarter GDP to negative 1%. All right. Okay. Maybe we are. Maybe we are going to have two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. Will the... uh, the NBER call a recession. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not so sure based upon the uh, the the employment uh, numbers that we have here in this country. I I'm, I don't think that they're going to do it. But does it really matter? Actually, Wall Street Journal picking up on what we've talked about. If the, if the U.S. is in a recession, it's a very strange one. Mm-hmm. Hiring demand remains strong as summer started. You don't say. And you know, this is despite the fact, too, I've got uh, a lot of clients that are involved in the hospitality business. And during COVID, they, you know, you couldn't get European, you know, uh, basically workers to come over, seasonal workers to come over uh, because they weren't allowed. And now they can. You're getting the seasonal workers back from all over the globe, not just Europe. And despite that, you take a look. There's two job openings for every one person that is looking for work. How could it be the worst economy ever that if you can you fall out of bed in the morning, you can get yourself a job? Fall out of bed. You can get yourself a job. A lot of people listening to this program, you might remember periods of time. I, I certainly do. Certainly do, especially when I was younger and you know, paying my way through college, working two, three jobs, 
sometimes more over the course of the summer. There's periods of time it was hard to find one. Resume after resume after resume. I mean, again, you have to put all of this into perspective. Now, you can also talk about this again. You know, one of the reasons why everybody says it's the worst economy. I, I get it. It's inflation. People, have, they've had it. They really have. They have absolutely had it with this. these prices at the pump. They're angry about this. That's the story here. Your grocery cart inflation jumps to the highest level in 42 years. It's, again, and all of this stuff, I think why it ticks people off is because, it, quite frankly, it's just ridiculous at its face. Is it not, people? Take a look at our country, the resources that we have, the farmland that we have, the space that we have, the, the technology that is at our disposal, and we can't keep food prices down. Again, it's, it's incompetence, and I think people are kind of growing frustrated with that incompetence. Yeah, it's getting to the point in time. You've seen stories now. Americans are having to tap into savings to cope with inflation. And again, I've been advising a lot of young people that listen to the show and listen to the podcast. You know, they're, they're mentioning, geez, my costs have gone up. I'm not able to save. You know, I'm putting money away. Again, I want to remind everybody that um, we help everybody. We help everybody. Now, we're not just dealing with multimillionaires here. People get started. We help out. And get younger clients got give you know sometimes I give them a pep talk. It is what it is. Oh, you know, a gas costs have gone up, food costs. I'm not gonna. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay myself what I was able to over the course of a month. And I, I, I said, listen, yes, you can. You can. You're young. You're young. You know what? what, what get yourself a side gig. Get yourself a side gig. Get yourself a second job. Work on the weekends. What do you care? You're a kid. To them as well, I said, you know, when I was, when I started Markowski Investments with with my brothers, um, we didn't, I didn't take any money out of the business. I I invested back into our business. So I had a side, I bartended, waiting tables at night, doing what I could. I, I decided, I lived on that money. So I could build my business up. So nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with, with working a little bit more. Again, you, you, you never know who you might run into. Never know who you might run into who, you know, might end up pointing your, your life in a certain direction. Now, when it, it, it comes to inflation, it comes to inflation, I, it, all of a sudden, you're starting to, I'm starting to see in a, a myriad of different places, and I actually appreciate it. I'm getting uh, emails and uh, messages from people, you know, all, all sorts of things. Chris, you called that? No kidding. When they, they talk about interest rates and the Fed, and Fed minutes came out this past week, and, yeah, we raised rates. We're concerned about inflation. The fact, the fact of the matter is, is they really can't do too much. They're, again, they're pretending like they can. 
but they really can't do too much. You get a lot of these the economists and so-called experts out there talking, well, you know, the Fed really needs to get the interest rates above the inflation rate if they're going to have any effect on bringing it down. No. Um, that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen, and we've been telling you why for a period of time. If the Fed were to do that, the Fed were to do that and were to bring rates up, let's say they bring above 8%, yeah, we'll say 7%. Do you realize that the interest on our national debt would be over $1.5 trillion a year? That That's more than we spend in this country on Social Security. Do you, do you honestly think that that's feasible? It's not. So they're not able to do that. One of the things that we're seeing happen when it comes to inflation, watching it happen right now, one of the, the, the best cures for inflation is inflation. Higher prices. Higher prices, you know, that, that is one of the biggest things out there. When we're seeing these things come down. We're going we're gonna to get into this. It's got a lot more we're going to talk about on the program today. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to be delving into some financial planning issues later on in the program. Um, we got to uh, address... We're going to address violence in America and, and my moonshot idea that I've been talking about for years. And I really think we need to revisit that. So we've got a lot we got to go over on the program today. But I do want to remind everybody out there, um, invite each and everyone to become a part of our family at Markowski Investments. Um, it's, again, it's where the Watchdog on Wall Street show came from. Our personal CFO program, our account repair kit, our newsletter. All sorts of great, great stuff there at our website at watchdogonwallstreet.com. Please take advantage. We're here to help. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You should believe in math. Not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back, everybody. It is The Watchdog on Wall Street show. Again, you know, one of the other things we, we have at our site as well is we, we've, I've archived all of my columns, uh, just going back to the 1990s when I first started writing. And you can go back and you can see all the the. the the things that we called over the years, the demise of the dot-coms, Enron, WorldCom, all, it's all ahead of time. Great Recession, warned people about that. Real estate collapse. These are all things that we talked about on the program. And we categorize them. And one of the topics is financial planning. And, again, you have to go, and I've talked at great length over this past year. This is what you do. This is what you do when times are tough and you have a tough market like we've had. And you got to try to, again, remind people on the right way and the wrong way of doing things. And take that. Read the stuff that we put out there. Uh, one of the things that um, I want to get across to everybody, especially to all new listeners out there, as we continue, you know, over 20 years, still adding new stations to this program. Um, I, listen, people, I'm, I'm, I'm not Midas. I'm not a magician. Okay? I'm not. 
No, you think I'm going to start touting the, you know, all right, we can show you double-digit returns. It's, it's all baloney. It's all malarkey. It's not what we do. We're about, we're about preparing you for life, giving you optionality. Being able to navigate financial storms, corrections, and, and to build wealth over time. Everything in life that has meaning, value, worth involves work, time, and effort. It's just that simple, people. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. And constantly looking for shortcuts. You know, the, the messes that I'm dealing with right now. People out there selling out their portfolios over the past couple of years to buy NFTs and cryptos and changing their portfolio around and owning these various different crypto stocks. Are you out of your mind? But again, I've, I've seen this before. We warned you about this. We told you what was going to happen. Just as much as we told you it was going to happen with the SPACs and all of these overvalued tech companies. And yeah, the market's down. The market's down. Guess what? You know what? Okay? My portfolio's down too. I'm going to lie to you and say that our clients' portfolios are not down this year? Of course they are. Take a look at the markets. But they're not that far down okay and we're taking advantage of everything that's available right now well you didn't think that my clients accounts were down during the great recession even though i called it of course they were of course they were but you, you know but geez that was a different scenario than now there was i actually during the, the great recession you know, I, we had a we had to get rid of some companies in our portfolio because we were shocked by some of the crap that they had on their balance sheet. This time around, we made changes. No, no, I'm, I'm thrilled with the fundamentals, the companies that we own, even if they're down this year. Again, that, that is that's the trick, people. Is that the idea that you think you can time these things? You can't. Did a couple guest appearances this past week, and you know it's the ongoing joke on these these programs. It's, you know, my four hundred one k's become a two hundred one k. Hardy har 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 har. Okay, that's great. All well and good. And they're like, well, what do you what what are what do you tell people? What do you tell people out there that are retired or are close to retiring now that their their accounts are down? What do you tell them? And, and well, uh, it, what am I supposed if hopefully if that's the case, hopefully they have a competent, a competent financial advisor that you know obviously had a portion of their portfolio in cash and cash equivalents, because guess what? Storms happen. Storms happen. Recessions happen. Market sell-offs happen. You don't know what's around the corner. I'm still amazed. Amazed. Oh, yeah, we're close to retirement. Now my portfolio's down 20%. Well, wait, you were close to retirement? You didn't start moving some assets into cash and cash equivalents? Did you think people, and I, I've mentioned this before in the program, like I, I've got one kid, one kid in college, and I got two on the way. Shortly, 
in a short period of time, another two kids are going to be in college. Do, do you think that I have their money for their that I've saved for their college education? Do I think I have it in stocks? No. No. I used to. Used to, but that I need that in, in cash and close to cash equivalents at this point in time because you don't know what's going to happen over the short term. Got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, our personal CFO program, account repair kit, all sorts of great stuff there at the site. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call, 800 471 5984. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. All righty, kiddos, welcome back. It is the one, the only, the Watchdog on Wall Street. You're always honored to have tuned into the program. Um, again, what people ask me as well, you know, what, what do I look for? What do I look for in, in companies? Um... And again, it's a myriad of different things. Um, first and foremost, you need to understand something. I, I'm not a hedge fund manager. Okay? I'm not. I'm not. Many people encouraged me to do that over the years, and I'm just, it's not my bag. It really isn't. Um, again, first and foremost, uh, we like to help everybody out, and hedge funds are primarily just geared towards very wealthy people. Again, I've told this story before on the program. You go to industry conferences, my business. I, I don't go anymore. I used to when I was younger. Every single industry conference, they tell you to fire clients. Tell you to fire. You know, you're going to get rid of all your small clients out there. They're wasting your time. You got to focus, focus on your wealthy clients and selling them and dealing with them and all their services there. Fire. Go through your book. And I'm like, what? I've got people that come in that are extraordinarily wealthy. Extraordinarily wealthy. And yeah, it's a different situation for them and you handle them differently. But man, the satisfaction that one gets for for taking a, a new family on and watching them become wealthy over time. It's it's great. Family for crying out loud. You get to watch this stuff over the years. I, I truly appreciate it. It's like, again, with all the kids I used to coach. All the kids I used to coach. I just going back when I first started you know, coaching back in 2002. And you see them on social media and you connect with them and all the great things that they're doing in their life. I mean, that's, again, that's to me what makes the job really rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great taking on a client that has, you know, 10 million and in a few years it's at 15 million. That's all well and good. But when you're taking somebody on and you're building up from, from, you know, when they're just getting started to when they really start becoming wealthy, it's, it's a, again, it's a blessing. It really is. It's something that, again, I, I one of the, the, the things I love most 
about this job. But anyway, <clears throat> picking and choosing. I mentioned we're not a, a hedge fund. Um, everybody's portfolio. Each and every portfolio here at Markowski Investments is different. Different. I said they talk about, wait, what's your track record? Uh, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Obviously, if someone wants to retire in, let's say, two years. Somebody wants to retire in, in two years. Um, obviously, they're going to have a portion of their portfolio that has more cash in it, like I said. So the performance of that portfolio most certainly is going to be different from the performance of a portfolio where people don't need cash because they're not going to utilize that money for a significant period of time. <clears throat> for example, my, my portfolio, my, my retirement, I can, um, hopefully they're going to actually, they're going to change some of the laws and rules when it comes to, uh, uh, required minimum distributions. Um, I, again, I, I, I hope they push it off as, as far as I can. So again, do I have cash? Do I have cash in my retirement account? No. Why would I? Why would I? So everyone's situation is unique and different, but risk tolerance is different. The key, the, the key is, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on in the program, um, is you want to have options in life. You do. You want to have options. You want to be able to say at some point in time, you know, an opportunity presents itself. Opportunity presents itself, client. You know, this Chris, I got this opportunity here to invest in this business, and show me what the business plan is. You know, what do you think? Should I take money out of my portfolio if it looks good? Yeah, take advantage. Have at it. And then you, you never know. Obviously, you, you obviously weigh the risk and reward. But that's what you want to have in life. You want to be able to have options. And, and you do this through proper preparation throughout life. You do this by, by, not, by not being ridiculous and trying to get rich quick. As soon as you, as soon as you bite into that apple of... Uh, that Apple temptation, that Apple of, oh, I'm going to outperform. I'm going to see doubles and triples. Again, it's a downward spiral, and it doesn't turn out well. Anyway, take a quick break right here. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. I didn't even get some of the things that we look at in company. I'll, I'll get into that when we get back. But again, take advantage of all the great stuff we have at our site, Watchdog on WallStreet.com, our personal CFO program, our newsletter, account repair kits, annuity help kits, college planning, everything right there at the site. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call at 800-471-5984. Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. We don't like we don't like ridiculous. We don't like ridiculous. Um, what do I mean by that when it comes to companies? Ridiculous business plans, and, and it's it's not they're not hard to spot. 
and oftentimes you listen to this program and you'll, you'll hear me yelling and screaming uh, about the big brokerage firms out there and the investment bankers. They know, they know that these companies that they're bringing to market are dog poop. They do. They knew that they were dog poop back during the dot-com run-up. They, they knew. They knew for crying out loud. They found the emails for <laughs> these stock analysts putting strong buy recommendations on companies that they knew were crap. And again, you know, listen, a lot of money, a lot of money to be made in investment banking. Trust me, I was there. I was there. It was what I used to do for crying out loud. I'd look at these business plans and I'm like, this is crap. I can't do this. I, I can't go that, you know, putting this into people's portfolios and recommending this garbage. But again, their mantras, it doesn't matter. There's a market for it. We're here to sell it. It's Wall Street. It's Wall Street. If someone's willing to buy it, they're going to sell it. It's just that simple. Well, why do you think all of a sudden, and it might be a little bit of pullback now that the things have come back, that you've actually had Wall Street, oh, we got to find out a way to get involved into this cryptos, into this NFTs. Why do you think it wasn't too long ago? They were pushing, pushing for, you know, with global warming, carbon trading. Oh, they, they wanted to get involved in that. That's a whole other market. We got to have futures and we can trade it. And we can take our big. That's what they do. It's not what we do. It's what they do. So no, no, we don't like ridiculous. Do I do I like growth companies? Do I like new companies? Sure. Sure. Show me your business plan. Show me your business plan and don't tell me that you don't you're going to it's grow at all costs and you've got no uh no point in time where you're going to be in the black. Can the you know the old Seinfeld bit there? With George Costanza, was it uh, Kroger Industrial Smoothing, the black or the red, which is the good one? The black is the good one. All of these companies that are down 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 percent that were high flyers not long ago, they're down because uh, guess what? Their access to capital is being dried up. They spent and they spent and they spent and they spent to grow at all costs. I, I, I don't like that because I, I love growth. I don't, I will not buy companies unless they're growing. I won't buy companies unless they're spending on CapEx, capital expenditures, looking to invest in their business. Won't do it. But you have to be intelligent about it. Again, that's then lost in the sauce with many people on Wall Street, quite frankly. Anyway, got to take another quick break. Um, speaking of cryptos whatnot, I got a, uh, yeah, I got a Mark Cuban Voyager crypto story when we get back, and we got to get into some ripoffs and scams as well. Uh, don't go anywhere, but if you do, again, get to our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com. Always welcome there. Sign up, personal CFO program, all sorts of great stuff. Watchdogonwallstreet.com or give us a call, 
This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. Listen, a lot of lot of money made uh, in this country with the, um, the the concept that we brought up here in the program. It's called the greater fool. Greater fool theory is that you know you, you come up with something and you put a value on it and you try to sell it to somebody else and they end up being the greater fool. They buy it at a higher price. And I often talk about this in terms of the you know the, the birthday game, musical chairs. Who's left standing? at the end and yeah again a lot of companies we pointed out over the past uh, several decades greater fool companies oh they're neato right now they're cool they're neato but eventually you have to make money or guess what someone's going to be left holding the bag and listen a lot of the people that come up with these neato ideas and whatnot are able to market them they do quite well they do now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a name of somebody that um, many are familiar with. He's uh, one of the sharks on Shark Tank. He owns the Dallas Mavericks. He's a uh, big entrepreneur out there, Mark Cuban. Now, back in the day, back in the day, I, I did. Well, how do you remember how Mark Cuban got made his money to begin with? Where he got started? He had a um, he had a, a, a ridiculous ridiculous internet company during the dot-com run-up uh it was a a online radio company i i think he sold it to yahoo if i'm not mistaken i can't remember at this point in time it's not important but it was nothing it was nothing in that case the company that bought it was the greater fool and mark cuban got really 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 rich and when you have that type of money, you can start investing in a myriad of things. Things Some work, some don't, whatever it may be, and you can build from there. Whatever. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, I've been, I've been aggravated as of late with a lot of these, uh, a lot of these celebrities, a lot of these odd, you know, Mark Cubans of the world pushing these crypto crap. On people that have no business investing in crypto crap. None. Dallas Mavericks was hooked in with uh, one of Cuban's companies he was invested in, this Voyager Digital. That went bankrupt this week. Another one. Another one. He was enticing. Enticing people. To, to work with Voyager and trade crypto, giving them, oh, we're going to give you $100 if you put $100 in and you got to buy at least $10 worth of crypto. It's kind of like almost like a drug dealer giving away free crack to try to get people addicted. And people bought in, and guess what? They, they might have started doing well in the beginning. Oh, geez, look at that. And then they did more. And now they're broke, busted, and disgusted it's it's just a scam people and again like i said i'm i don't mind and i explained this before you, you need to people need to understand the difference the difference between investing and speculating 
They're two completely different things. Again, Benjamin Graham talked about this, what, 70 years ago? He was concerned back then that, you know, you're going to have to explain to investors the difference. Get this again. I think it was 60, 70 years ago he said this. He was concerned at that point in time the direction Wall Street was taking and people just not getting it. There's a difference. You speculate, you take a certain amount of money. For example, okay, you're, you are, you're debt, you want to buy cryptos and you're, you're a young person and you, you want to get into it, whatever it may be. And let's say your portfolio is 50,000. 50,000. Okay. And that 50,000, maybe, maybe take a thousand, but expect, expect no going in. No, I can lose it all. I can lose it all. You can't afford to speculate. You're, you're in building mode. You know, guys like Mark Cuban that are already fabulously wealthy, they can take flyers on certain things, and it doesn't bother them. It doesn't hurt them. It doesn't make any sense because guess what? You, 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 think that, that you think that he took the bulk of his money, and you think he, he put it into these things? Did, do you think Matt Damon did that? Do you think LeBron James did that? And it doesn't matter if it's cryptos, NFTs, or, or stocks that are highly speculative. You need to understand the difference. It's not something that we do. Do, do certain clients of ours, do they speculate? Do you want to take a certain portion? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to be honest, I'm limited in the type of advice I can give on that stuff because I don't have the, the time to do that that's okay within reason for crying out loud within reason one of the things that you try to understand i don't look at i don't look at it as a stock market think about rather think of stock think of it as a company market not stock market you own stock and company i get that but when you're purchasing things when you want to do things if you look at them you look at them in a different light. You say, I am in, I'm buying a company. I am an owner of a company. I am an owner in Apple and Procter and Gamble. It's, it's different if you think of things in that fashion. And again, you know, you have to, you have to play these things out over time. You have to play them out over time. I always encourage. Encourage people. I was did did it this past week with uh, some young people playing around with a compounding calculator and showing them what's what's truly possible out there with work, time, and effort. Anyway, got to take another break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Get there. Personal CFO program. All sorts of great stuff. Newsletter, you name it. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Or give us a call, 800 471 5984. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Well known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trainer. 
Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. All righty. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Watchdog on Wall Street Show. Always honored to have you tuned into the program. Um, we're going to take a... I'm going to take a bit of a detour from the inflation and the financial prep and all of the uh, the business news out there. And we, we do this often here on the program. It's what makes our program unique. Um, you just talk about life a little bit in general and what's going on here in this country. I um, have said this again and again and again. I said I want... I want my children, I want my children to grow up in a place where they can succeed beyond their wildest dreams. And along with that, yeah, you have to, you can fall down too. You're going to fail too. And, that, and that's okay. And that's okay. I've failed at a myriad of different things in my life. And you fail, you, you pick yourself back up. Pick yourself back up. You're going to get hit, pick yourself back up. But I want to I want to talk a little bit about um, it, it just this, this the ongoing violence. How, how many how many people? How many people out there? It's just just you, you might be just working out. You might go for a walk. Just kind of contemplating. You might be at church, whatever. It be. You just start thinking to yourself. You you feel like you're a a stranger in a strange land to some degree. I I. I talk about this with my kids and i explained to them i said it doesn't have to be this way the country doesn't have to be this way it wasn't this way when i was growing up this is this is what they're used to now it is and it's this is this is what we we've given to our children this is the world that we've given to them this is the country that we're handing off to them with all of this violence and, and, and nothing being done. Nothing on either side, okay? Nothing. Again, I, I am, I'm a gun rights guy, and I'm a big believer, big believer, okay, that you want to have more good guys with guns. Sorry, I believe that. I know that you get the others out there talking about gun regulations and rules and red flags. You know, this this horrific human being in Illinois, he um he he was able to buy his guns legally, despite all of the issues that he had, despite the fact that their gun laws in Illinois are, are very, very strict. But with that being said, let's let's be honest as well. Um, he got the high ground, even if there was a, a good guy with a gun in that situation, they wouldn't be able to do anything. They really wouldn't have been able to, to do this at the top of a building shooting down. So let's, let's take all that and, you know, donkeys and elephants, take your, your hats off here. And let's, let's, let's try to hash this out. Let's try to solve, try to solve what, what's happening here 
in this country. And I, I've talked about this for a long, long time. It's kind of like my Markowski moonshot idea in solving things. And, and we need it. I mean, obviously, front and center was just the, the tragic horror. Highland Park, Illinois. I, I hadn't, do you know, I didn't even know this, but that's where a lot of the John Hughes films from the 1980s, that's where they filmed that pretty in pink Ferris Bueller's day off. But it wasn't just there. And this is a, a, a weekly thing. He had 71 people shot in Chicago last weekend. 50 people shot in New York this past weekend. For crying out loud, you had the, the mayor of New York's aide was in Brooklyn scouting on a location for some sort of, I don't know, political stop, whatever it may be, got mugged at gunpoint. Saw a story here. You got a quarter of Americans, quarter of Americans open to taking up arms against their government they feel that government is corrupt and rigged i feel that way i feel that our government is corrupt and rigged we talk about the watchdog on wall street axis of evil big business politicians mainstream media working hand in hand to further their own needs we've been talking about that here for a decade and a half and then some so you know again i think Part of the, the issue, again, with the violence in this country is the frustration. What are we going to do? We know what to do. We're just not willing to do it. We, we know what to do. We're just not willing to do it. We have, we have a, a problem in this country. We have too many kids growing up in broken homes. We have too many kids growing up in homes where the parents just don't care. They just don't care. I mentioned this before here on the program. The uh, public school. My kids go to public school. I live on. I live here in Long Island, New York, and this public school that they go to, highly ranked, nationally ranked school. You know what? It's school. It's a school. And guess what? So, some of the some of the teachers my kids have are, are really good. Some of them, not so much. Similar scenario to the way that I grew up in the public school that I went to up and uh, went to in upstate New York. Why is it such a highly ranked school? I'll tell you why. Because the parents care. The parents care. The parents are we, we're on top of our kids all the time. We understand the importance of of education we teach kids to be respectful in the way to act in the way you're supposed to live it's a community where yes people go to church and they're involved and they go to the kids games and they do all of these things you can look you want to see what success there's plenty of successful places all around the country look there and look at what's taking place in those areas We've gotten to a point in time, and again, this is my my moonshot, my moonshot idea here. Um, and again, I know I'll probably get some blowback uh, from some of the right on this because there's involvement in the government, but you know it can be both. 
It can be both. Desperate times call for for desperate measures. But I I, I have. My, my dad was a school teacher. My dad was a school teacher. I've got tons of clients that are educators, not just educators, but also counselors at these schools. And, and some of the, the stories, it's in the horror stories that they tell me. Having to go to a kid's house, go to a kid's house and bring them to school because the parents just don't care or they're they're passed out on drugs or whatever it may be. The type of violence that that they see, that they find out, cigarette burns on kids' arms. At at what point in time, what point in time were we going to say, you know what, all of these kids in their situation, what's going to happen, it's not going to turn out well. It's not going to turn out well, and we're going to end up spending a ton of money on this kid down the road and prosecuting them, incarcerating them. And why? Why? Wouldn't it be cheaper? I'm just throwing this out there. Would it be a hell of a lot less expensive? And not to mention the right thing to do. Let's take the money thing out of it. Get these kids out of those homes. I don't I don't care if you've got to pay off the parents. I don't care if you got to pay them off and, and get them out of those homes. But again, this is gonna take this is the investment part. We we need we need in essence I call them Hogwarts from Harry Potter. We need boarding schools. I don't care if you want to make them government boarding schools. I don't care if you want to do it with the Catholic Church, the, uh, the synagogue. It doesn't make any difference. We've got to get these kids out of these homes, and, and they need to be in an environment. They need to be in an environment where you're getting the types of things that they're not getting that they should be getting in the home. Because what's, what is a teacher supposed to do, honestly? What is a teacher supposed to do? You've got a kid in the classroom Kid in the classroom whose parents don't give a damn. Do you think that kid's going to give a damn? Oh, I know. There'll be the occasional story out there that'll turn itself into a Disney movie where you get some teacher out there that uh, reaches out and connects with somebody and the kid goes on to be a brain surgeon, okay? But what are the odds of that? What are the odds? I mean, if we actually kind of thought about it to some degree, you kind of bring in the criminal justice system and education here in this country and and try to make some changes and divert some funds, gee whiz, might might we accomplish something? Let's be honest here, people. Okay, this is an issue that we're not dealing with. We We talk about it, we talk around the edges, and we don't do a damn thing. Broken home after broken home after broken home. You could probably, these teachers could go through and they could pr- probably predict any elementary school what kids are going to end up in jail. Hey, I, I, why not deal with the problem at its, at its root? Why not deal with it then so it doesn't become a problem? Because the longer you wait, the more difficult it becomes. It really does. It's all about the kids. And quite frankly, in this country, in many areas, we're just, we're not serving them. 
I know I've got stories here and Supreme Court cases and kids being able to use money to go to private schools. Don't worry about those kids because their parents care. Their parents already care. Their parents want to get them out of the crappy school that they're in because most of the kids in the school, parents don't give a damn and the kids don't give a damn, but they do and they want to get their kid. But it's a smart, great, that's fantastic. We need more of that. But do you see maybe where we can come up with a compromise here? You might be able to work with the teachers' unions on this to some degree. Because guess what, people? That the status quo is, is not acceptable. And to think it's this, it's going to end and this cycle of violence is going to end. It's not. It's not. Anyway. I, again, I, I felt the need. Felt the need here. I, I don't like feeling like a stranger in a strange land. And I want what's best for this country. And again, oh, God willing, grandkids someday. Hopefully it'll be different for them. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com is our site. Again, become a part of our family. Uh, our personal CFO program, account repair kits, our newsletter. We're here to help. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call 800-471-5984. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. You know, I, I, I don't understand this as well. And uh, I, to, to, to watch people, especially in politics, watch people on TV, spokespeople, uh, people that are members of the cabinet, whatever it may be, and stand up in front of a microphone and lie to you with a straight face, and you know that they know better. It's it, it's frustrating. It is. I, I, I'm sorry. You, you you know, this past weekend, 4th of July, we could talk about higher gas prices. Um, you had the president of the United States. And I would quote here. My message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war in global peril. Bring down the price you're charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. I, I'm sorry, but you again, I, I don't know about the president. I, I have little confidence that he even knows what he's talking about at this point in time. I'm sorry. Sorry. I mean, you, you can't tell me it doesn't. I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. You know, less than less than five percent gas stations are actually owned by oil companies these are families and 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 certain retail outlets this is they don't have any control over this and do you understand that they make pennies pennies they don't make any more money if gas is at five dollars a gallon or if it's at two dollars a gallon if they don't make anything else they have the same bloody margin for crying out loud. I mean, you, you, you sound the president sounds like bloody Hugo Chavez. For you had the Chinese government 
the Chinese government, they put out some sort of tweet commending, commending Joe Biden uh, on his attack on capitalism. What is it? Yeah, Chinese state media. Praise Mr. Biden's tweet. Now the U.S. president finally realized that capitalism is all about exploitation. He didn't believe this before, or maybe he did, and nobody wanted to believe it. It's it's sad. It really is. This Bidenomics crap. Again, the, the idea out there, okay, that and I just want to basically deal with this right up front, okay? Um, the idea that we're somehow doing well or uh, are, are, we're making progress in the G7 when it comes to Ukraine and Russia is patently absurd. Patently absurd. I, I, I talked about this on the podcast this past week, a guy that I have an unbelievable amount of respect for. Unbelievable amount of respect for. A guy I, I wish won the presidency. That's Ron Paul. Basically coming out and saying what we've been saying as well. This the, the sanctions on Russia are great for Russia. We, we are cutting our nose off despite our face. They are rolling in it and Russia. They're laughing about it over there. It's just Biden guy is great. Look at the type of money that we're reeling in. But no, 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 no. We're being told. We're being told by Brian Dees and, and the administration here that to all the families out there that are suffering with all of this high cost gas, fuel, uh, heating their homes, um, food, you name it, that you're going to have to suffer. Why? Because of the future of the liberal world order. What exactly is the liberal world order? Can somebody define that to me? Can somebody explain to me what exactly that is? The liberal world order? Enough. It's getting more and more pathetic. Really is. And you, you, we, you can trace this stuff back. We can go, go back to the Obama administration. Even Obama knew that what the Europeans were doing was stupid and a Nord Stream 2 and relying on Russia. But we went along. Trump pointed it out as well. Quite voicefully. And again, oh, he can't do that. Remember, Angela Merkel. Angela Merkel, she is the, she's actually the real leader of the free world. It's going to go down as, as one of the worst world leaders of all time. Has to be. European countries, we got to, got to fire up their coal-fired plants. The European Commission this past week went back and said, guess what? Natural gas and nuclear are going to be part of the problem. They're, they're, not, they're not polluters is what they're saying. I, I, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, see, elections have consequences, people. They do. It, yeah, we need to, to, to choose a little bit more wisely i know i know you got a lot of people listen to this program that are huge donald trump supporters a lot of people listen to this program that hated the guy i I gave my take on him i'm not a fan of the guy by any stretch of the imagination not 
not. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, but some of his policies, yeah, were pretty good. Pretty good in comparison. Just be honest, okay? Be honest with yourself. Any people that can't stand him, hate him, you know, I voted for Biden because, uh, come on. Uh, you know as well as I do, things would be a little bit different. Just saying. Gotta take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, our newsletter, personal CFO program, all sorts of great stuff. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the watchdog of Wall Street. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back. She's a lady. Tell you how, how how bad it is. Again, I said we're we're not uh, we don't have a monopoly on on idiots in government and bad politicians and stupid policy. We don't. As we don't have a monopoly on it at all. Um. Again, you look to, to Europe. Um, Germany's going to have to bail out energy suppliers uh, because uh, this winter's not looking too good. You had the top. German trade union head warning that entire industries could collapse because of the energy crisis. Oh, I, I'm not kidding. Yeah, it, it, Germany. You think of uh, you know some of the the, the high tech stuff they make, and also some. Uh, it, well, you know, think, think of beer. Yeah, the at, the brewers in Germany are actually trying to consider because they they may get cut back on their natural gas. How to change their brewing process and have to move to coal, whatever it may be. That this is the world that we're living in. This is 2022. What? For stupid policies. For putting a cart before the horse. Hey, you be green, you do right now. Okay, let's let's you know what to get to. Let's do zero carb. Fine. How are we gonna get there? Lay it out. You can't just say something and make it so. You actually have to do something. Right? It's kind of like that the whole concept I was talking about earlier on in the program. You know, looking at business plans. How do you get into the black? Okay, same thing. How you want to get carbon neutral, whatever the hell it is? How you get there? How do you get there without destroying your country? Yeah, we, we've been talking about this, but all over the news, talking about, oh, it's going to be terrible and a food crisis because of Putin and the Ukraine. I'm not making this up. In Holland, there's another large farming community there um the dutch government dutch government yeah, they have a plan to uh, cut nitrogen emissions by 50 to 95 percent by 2030 um basically what they're doing is they're going to shut down farms Far- farms are not going to be able to make it. it's going to put farms out of business the farmers are revolting in holland they're dumping manure on government offices they're livid over this entire thing. Again, we have, we have food crisis right now, but we're going to shut down farms in Holland. And, and guess what? The government's not bending on it. Yes, yes, because of our policies, we're going to, farms are going to have to go out of business. I mean, how stupid can you be? How dumb can you be? I want to, 
one of our, our listeners actually sent me uh, uh, sent me a, a comedic bit from the uh, Babylon Bee, saying uh, Holland is banning food, banning food so they can deal with uh, global warming. A great idea. Anyway, um, we talked about um, the Lilliputians last week here on the program and government regulations and how it holds this country back and wasted talent. Um, it was actually a, a break in the in the right direction. Uh, the Supreme Court Supreme Court ruled. Um, it's historic, it really. It is six three decision, and it's it's based on reigning in the administrative state. Um, and and it's this case case was whether the Environmental Protection Agency could invoke some obscure uh, provision. To in essence, I just we're gonna we're gonna take this obscure provision and we're gonna completely rework the entire country, the entire electric grid. Yeah, it basically the rule would have required coal and gas fired generators to subsidize renewables. Again, you talk about energy crisis, high cost. But well, again, you're making it more expensive to do business. Those costs have to get passed on. Or, you know what? You just choose not to get involved in that business at all. It's, it's, all, it's all about risk-reward, is it not? You're going to put money at risk? You're going to work at something? You're going to put your time into something? You, you'd like to be rewarded for that, right? Well, this is, this is how the government operates, how they shake people down. It's how they put people out of business. You know... You think about, you know, what's going on here. Certain politicians, certain politicians, I mean, they're erupted over this. You got the AOCs of the world and the left and the New York Times out there. Oh, my God, it's just going to destroy the country. We're all going to die. This is the death for the climate. Give me a break. Please stop. Stop with your nonsense. You can't even admit that, that again, Things have gotten a hell of a lot better over the years. For crying out loud, I remember my grandfather telling me about times in Schenectady, New York, it used to rain black, excuse me, rain black, snow black because of the pollution in the air. We don't live in this. This past week, they're talking about the uh, dolphins swimming in the East River off of Manhattan. What? Never was that a case for whales coming up. We're heading in the right direction. But yeah, politicians, they, they hate it here. They're just calling for, we need to dismantle the Supreme Court. Dismantle the Supreme Court? These are the same people that uh, put their hand in a Bible and swear to uphold the Constitution, yet they want to rip it apart. Anyway, got to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. And that's a big win, people. It really is. And, and I've, I've said this again and again and again. Um, you know, that, that, that has to be and Trump tried to some degree. He understood that he was limited, but to dismantle the administrative state, to take power away from the executive branch of government. We need more of that, not less. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. We shall return. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. 
You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Yes, you are. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Watchdog on Wall Street Show. <laughs> who thinks Who thinks Kamala Harris is waiting in the wings? Do you, do you think that she's going to run? No. Did you? Honestly, um, maybe, maybe, you know, not only does Joe need a teleprompter, but I think she does, too. Um, and I quote Kamala Harris. Um, this is her comments in regards to the tragedy in Highland Park. We've got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you've been forced to take this seriously. Is it code? I, I, again, I don't get it. Whatever. Word salad. Anyway, um, the average car payment has hit a record. Average car payment in this country has hit a record 712 bucks a month. New and used car prices continue to rise. Um, people, this is kind of your household financial prep issues that you're going to have to take into account. Um, you know, you take a look if you're leasing a car and your lease is coming up. Guess what? You're going to be a hell of a lot better off probably buying it out of that lease to some degree. Take a look. Take a look at what the, you know your car and see what the mileage and what you could buy it for at that point in time. Not to mention the fact if you turn it in, you want a new car, how much more that car is going to be. I have a car coming up on a, on a lease this December, and I actually look to see. How much the, in essence, the exact same vehicle, obviously some changes. It's, you know, three years down the road. Exact same vehicle for the most part, all intents and purposes. If I wanted to lease that car, I'm going to be paying over $200 more a month. That's dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. How many how many people out there have been getting emails from the, the, the car dealerships that you got the car from? Hey, we're gonna buy you we, yeah, we offer to buy your car back and you know we can order you another one. Um uh, no. No. Uh be smart with this stuff, people. Again, you don't want your stuff owning you. Big mistake. Um anyway, um quick bit on this. Um at William Bennett former Secretary of Education, uh, actually talking about uh, history education here in this country. And he, again, echoes what I say here on the program. Um, you have to cover everything. You have to cover everything. You can't, in, in a classroom, make America to be out to, to be this, this great evil based upon slavery, all this nonsense that they keep trying to shove down kids' throats. But on the other hand, as well, there's nothing wrong with going through and dealing with the issues that we've had throughout our history. It's the right way to teach. And again, it's the right, right way to make this country go. You want to recognize where your failures are and your mistakes. You want to work on them. Where did we go wrong? What did we learn from this? How can we grow as a society? Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Get back. I... <laughs> I got a, I, I got a, again, a Wall Street story. I, first time I heard this one before. Again, first time. Not kidding. You're going you're gonna to get a kick out of this. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We shall return.
taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. It is The Watchdog on Wall Street show. Uh, this is a new one. This is a new one. I've been doing this uh, doing this radio show for over 20 years. I've been in this business for decades. Um, I, you know, Sometimes you think you've, you've heard it all and you've seen it all, and then... You see this 90 year old Morgan Stanley advisor was arrested for shooting his co-worker. Uh, they, they mentioned a story. He's been fired now. You don't say. You don't say he's been terminated from the job with the firm after the incident. <laughs> I, again, I, I, I saw this story and I'm saying he, he shot the guy that I guess was starting to take over and, and handling his clients. You know what? I'm I, This is going to be interesting. It could be an interesting story when all said die. I kind of wonder if the guy that uh, was taking over his clients because he was kind of working his way into retirement, the guy was 90. I wonder if he was doing the wrong thing by those clients and he got uh, a little upset. Now, again, you know, it's like that Chris rock skit from way back when um i'm not saying he should have killed her but i understand it i'm not saying he should have shot the guy but i understand it especially if he was doing the wrong thing by your clients anyway it's one out of uh georgia he had a uh, lpl financial advisor um siphoned off client funds and purchased a one point seven million dollar home with those funds in winder winder georgia yeah yeah he started some side hustle but it was fake side hustle saying getting his clients to invest in this company that was supposedly supposed to buy covid supplies and then resell them but he, he took that money and he bought this 37 acre property how many bedrooms this thing got? Oh, it's 10 bedrooms, basketball court, tennis court, you name it. I, honestly, did, did people think that they're actually going, in the end, going to get away with this? Well, he's still in the house, I guess. He's still in the house. They haven't kicked him out yet. I guess he's still there. I don't know how he's going to fight it, but I guess he is. Again, people, um, just so you know, see, you're, you're well aware of this. Um the deck is stacked against you. Again, I talk about choosing wisely when it comes to people that are supposed to represent us. You better choose wisely as well, people that are going to handle your money and help you prep for life. You bet. You better do a little bit of homework. Not, not a little bit of homework, a lot of bit of homework on this. It's important because, yeah, yeah, if somebody wrongs you, um, good luck. Good luck. I, you know, you take a look at big ones out there like Madoff, and yeah, they were able to get a lot of that money back, but that was a that was a massive case. That was huge. I mean, that was national news. The the people that are involved that got ripped off in this, it's going to take years. It's going to take years. It's not quick. It's not easy. Not to mention the fact. You understand the agita, the stress, the frustration. 
that these people who've been ripped off, what they're going to have to go through over the next several years? Anyway, uh, UBS is ordered to pay $25 bucks to settle fraud charges over complex options products. They sold this strategy, this yield enhancement strategy. Anyway, early on in the program, I, I talked about talked about uh how you know they fire your fire your smaller clients well ubs they only deal with people with uh, significant amounts of money and they got to find things they got to come up with products to sell these people and in this case they came up with this uh strategy it was an option strategy and they told people that it was relatively low risk uh, as it turns out people got blown up in this again it's just i see these things happen all the time i do um yes you don't have to make things overly complex people you don't need complex option strategies to do well i, I we utilize options in certain scenarios and situations and hedging and whatnot uh they're not overly complex they make sense but when you get certain option strategies out there where you can just, you, it goes in the wrong direction. Whew, ouch. And again, $20, $25 million fine. How much money do you actually think UBS made selling these products and utilizing this strategy? Hell of a lot more. Hell of a lot more. Again, I'd like to remind everybody, you see these fines. Oh, the SEC went after this firm, and the SEC went after that big firm, whatever it may be. They're parking tickets. You do know that, right? It's a cost of doing business. They have no problem paying that. Well, okay, 25 mil, but here you go. They, they, they shake one of the, the couches and one of the, the executives, the CEO's office, and $25 million falls out, and they pay the SEC. They don't care. It's a cost of doing business. And let's be honest, people, who ends up really paying? It's the shareholders. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that drives me nuts about the corporate structure here in, in the United States. I mean, if you do something wrong, you do something wrong, and I know you're employed at a company. You did that thing wrong. Not the corporation. You did. And you should be held responsible. Gotten away from that. And anyway, this is on the accounting front here. Uh, and again, I remind everybody, part of our personal CFO program, um, yeah, we have accountants, the best in the business, helping our clients out. If you wish to utilize them and get second opinions, talk about real estate exchanges, we do all of that. And that's part of our personal CFO program. But anyway, neither here nor there. Ernest & Young fined $100 million. Now, the auditors at the firm were cheating on their CPA exams for years. Ernest & Young are cheating on the... Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trainer. 
Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. It is the uh, Watchdog on Wall Street. I got, I got to get to some business brief stories here. Um, little bits, tidbits here and there I'd like to get into. I, I, I want to start off with, with this one. I got a kick out of this. Uh, first and foremost, I mentioned this before here on the program. I'm not a Disney guy. I'm not a Disney guy. When I lived in... Uh, Lived in Southwest Florida. Yeah, did we did we go to Disney? Did I take the kids to Disney? Yeah, of course I did. You know what we, we used to go a lot was because um, I, I can't stand lines. Uh, we used to go, uh, they used to have these at night things like the very merry Christmas party or whatever it may be. And they, they close the park down and they reopen it at night and whatnot. And I, we, we did that. Um, but again, Disney is not my bag. Another reason why Disney used to drive me absolutely berserk. Absolutely berserk. Um, living when I lived in Southwest Florida, we'd, we'd see a lot. We'd see a lot, you know, war on terror. We'd see a lot of veterans come back and, you know, missing limbs and, and whatnot and all of the, the, the horror of war. And I'd go to Disney and I'd see people that were going around in scooters that could walk. And I used to it's drive me berserk. Couldn't stand that. But anyway. Anyway, well, not to mention the prices there as well, but uh, Disney is now selling, I'm not making this up, a $5,000 drink. $5,000 drink. It's on their, well, it's not at Disney World. It's the Disney Wish cruise ship. They're not even telling you what's in the bloody thing. You don't know what's in it. It's a secret recipe. $5,000. Now, you know, people took to the Twitter and social media and blasting this and blasting that. Um, Disney's selling a $5,000 cocktail because some idiot will buy it. Some idiot will buy it. It is what it is. And you know what the funny thing is? That idiot will buy it and he'll say that I bought the $5,000 drink and it was one of the greatest things I've ever had my entire life. Um, Whatever. Whatever to uh, each his own. So I, you know, I don't fault Disney for selling a five thousand dollar cocktail. If somebody wants to buy a five thousand, go ahead, have at it. Anyway, um, story keeps you know, keeps making the news, talking about uh, the uh, restoration hardware and how well, uh, well, how quite frankly, not well. Uh, they're doing at this point in time. This is Gary Friedman is their chief executive talking about the decline in luxury uh, home sales and whatnot. Hey, listen, okay, um, they screwed up with their supply chains. Now, it's not just them, not just them. Williams and Sonoma, which owns West Elm and Pottery Barn, all this, this other stuff. Um, you make promises to customers and you don't deliver or you don't deliver on time, you give people dates and it doesn't come, people start to grow frustrated. Uh, you, you, you're better off just being honest with them. 
And again, some people, they just don't want to wait. You decided to offshore all of your supply chains. All of your supply chains to China. Okay. And make no bones about it. The, the quality has suffered. They won't want to admit to that, but the quality has suffered from many of these brands. And now you're, oh, this is terrible, worst economy ever. No, you know what? You're not doing your job that well. Let's just be honest. Um, Amazon, another one here, a story talking about, wow, they overexpanded during COVID. Yeah, they did. They did, and they're uh, canceling or delaying plans for at least uh, 16 warehouses this year uh various different places around the country pushing back uh also it was interesting in, in regards to the, the workers that they have on they talk about the, the turnover of workers at amazon uh, warehouses it's extraordinary i mean people don't last very long at all it's kind of like something that they come and they do they decide and they leave uh amazon continued to push towards automation i think i talked about this last week on the program uh, more and more robots being used at these uh, Amazon warehouses. Interesting. Again, it's it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. And, and, and Amazon, based upon their diversified business model, in essence, they can afford. They can afford to make mistakes like that. They can take a chance, and they can move in the opposite direction. Many of these warehouses, they're already subletting out. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, or Meta, sorry. Uh, he's come out and said that uh, they're dealing with one of the worst downturns in recent history. And I think he kind of kind of was setting people up saying, hey, listen, um, you know, we're going to start firing people. He basically came out and said, he said, many of you people just, you know, you don't belong here. You're not pulling your weight. Um, they were planning on hiring 10,000 engineers, software engineers this year. It's going to only be 6,000. Right? They're still growing, still growing, still looking to build, but um, obviously needing to make some changes. Again, it's what businesses do. It's what you need to do if you own a business. It, what you need to do with your household, you go through A to Z. Where are we spending too much? Where can we cut back? Because then you come out of recessions, you come out stronger. You come out better. You know, the old uh, Dewey Oxberg lean, mean fighting machine. Um, this story here. Biden uh, Department of Justice is now suing to block Arizona's proof of citizenship voting law. Um, I... I I, I, for the life of me, um, I, I don't understand. I've never had anybody able to explain to me with any sort of, you know, Socratic thinking, reasonable thinking, why it's, it's a bad thing, why it's somehow bad for our democracy. Get that all terrible for our democracy. They're, they're calling, they're calling this Arizona proof of citizenship voting law. They're calling it a violation of the National Voter Registration Act. Now, the law in Arizona is going to require voters to prove citizenship using documentation, such as a driver's license, a passport, birth certificate, or naturalization papers. Now, why is that so difficult? Why is that, why is that so hard? How is that a violation? 
You can't tell me that you're trying to circumnavigate and trying some funny business. You, you don't think that this would, would, would totally clear up with all the issues that we're dealing with as a country, that this wouldn't, you know, obviously be a step in the right direction. The rest of the known world does this. You, you shouldn't have to prove who you are. You're kidding, right? <laughs> they actually, I'm not making this up. I, I, I laughed. I laughed. I, I, I actually got carded. Carded. Went, went to a concert uh, a couple weeks ago with, with some friends. And uh, I actually got carded. And I'm like, I, I was laughing. I was like, you're kidding me, right? So, you know, I'm uh, you know, an older guy uh, getting a beer. And you're forcing me to show ID. But it's, it's you know, I shouldn't have to prove that I'm a citizen to vote I, I, again if if one of you, you know i get a lot of all sides of the you know the spectrum listen to the show you explain to me you explain to me how this is some sort of burden it's patently absurd it's ridiculous i and actually i've written columns about this i get in trouble um i, I get in trouble often when it, when it comes to voting i the piece i did thank you for not voting um, yeah, I, my suggestion for voting, I, I'm, I'm much tougher. I'm much tougher. I, I don't think you should be allowed to vote unless you pass a citizenship test. And I think a citizenship test should be administered in high school. And if you don't pass it, you can't vote. Listen, you, you can take it unlimited times. Keep taking it until you pass. It's fine. But un until you pass it, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. I've also thrown in there as well is that, um, Again, this will tick a lot of people off. If you're living on government assistance, you're getting handouts and giveaways, your fellow citizen is helping to support you, and that's what it is. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not against safety nets. I'm not. But why should you have a say in how the country's being run? You're, you're living on government assistance. Your fellow citizen is helping to take care of you. Um, why, why should you have a say? I mean, you get off government assistance. Well, then you can vote again. I know. It's going to get everybody bent out of shape. Mark my words. Anyway, got to take a quick break. Uh, I want to remind everybody, again, personal CFO program, it's, you know, it's, it's our baby. Um, in essence, it's a, a family office for you. You get to utilize us, our accountants, uh, our attorneys, everything. And it's all, all free, free consultation right there at our website. Sign up for it, watchdogonwallstreet.com. Our newsletter, account repair kits, college planning, annuity help kits, all that stuff available at the site. Watchdogonwallstreet.com or give us a call 800-471-5984. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. You know, you know I'm batting around as well. I, I, I am. Um, people want to let me know whether I should or I shouldn't. Um, I, I, you know, I do a lot of uh, you know television appearances on on programs, and I, I mean, I used to do a hell of a lot 
back during the uh, financial crisis, 2008, 2009, 2010, a myriad of different programs, CNN all the time and CNBC and Fox, all this stuff. And I I grew frustrated with it. I did. I I grew frustrated with it because it's it's not not about solving anything. It's not about solving everything anything. It's it's all about the the battle. It's all about the debate. And then you gotta go to commercial break and on to the next thing. And I, I told this story before on the program. I want to share it with you again. This is my experience. I was in the Fox News green room, I don't know, 2010, 2000. I I don't remember exactly. And I'm going on um program. And the, the topic, the topic was uh, Social Security and Social Security reform. And I'm going on. I don't know who I'm going on with. Then I find out that uh, Bob Beckel, I'm going to be uh, on with him. And Bob Beckel, you know, sits down. You remember Bob Beckel? I, 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 think, I think he died recently, uh, as a matter of fact. I, I think he did. Uh, he was, uh, he was a, it was like a contributor to Fox News. So he was like the guy they would call on to argue uh, for the left. And he was a real nice guy. I mean, a real nice guy, met him in there, and he, we were talking on Social Security, and he starts asking me questions. He didn't understand it. He had no idea, no idea what he was going to talk about. I didn't understand how Social Security worked, and I, I you know, tried to explain to him uh, some things. Again, he got a bit distracted, and he wanted to talk. I remember he wanted to talk about uh, Keith Richards' book that had just come out with me and how great it was and how I should get it. And then you could scan across the, the green room, and, uh, and two lawyers about ready to go on Megan Kelly's program. And in in the green room, they're actually working out their argument and their debate before they even go on the television program. Like you say this, and then I'll say that. They're, they're doing this is going on in the green room. And I, I was thinking to myself, this is like professional wrestling. For crying out loud. You remember that movie, The the Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, where they go behind the scenes and are working out their routine before they go on? But yeah, I, again, you know, send me an email. You guys think I should continue doing television? If I should even bother? Is it really worth it? And I, I got to set aside time and I got to, you know, get myself ready. I, I do these programs and I know it's, you know, I don't have to go in, thank God. I don't have to go into studios anymore i've got my own studio and do it all from there don't have to travel to do it but you're on for a couple minutes here comes a commercial and they're on to the the next thing and you really don't get into the meat of anything this is why i still i i love love talk radio i do and i hope talk radio survives and again the whole podcasting thing has been absolutely fantastic and if you're not aware i i do a daily podcasts and it's not long okay it's not the joe rogan experience for three hours i don't do that and guess what i don't do guests either i talk about you know the important issues of the day and guess what i keep it short and sweet it's in and around a half an hour to 40 minutes monday through friday and if you're you're interested like I said get to our website you can sign up for our podcast there it's available on all the myriad of different platforms out there and, and i'm enjoying it but uh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, to figure. I'm trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to do TV much. I, I may just, you know, put that uh, 
aside at this point in time. But anyway, anyway, again, you're also going on with these so-called experts. Yeah, I got another expert in this one. Expert in this, an expert in that. Right, sure, sure. All these these experts, um, they they you know they 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 say that they know what they're talking about, but they really they really don't. And, and many of them, quite frankly, again, they're paid for contributors. They're paid to take a certain tact, even if they don't believe it. Anyway experts and problems and conventional wisdom you know we'll talk a little bit about that when we get back why not watchdog on wallstreet.com is our site watchdog on wallstreet.com again tick oh holy shnikes i messed up on the clock all right you know what my fault that's okay um you know what well you know what we'll move on to we'll move on to uh guess what we'll talk about this uh heads of the fbi and uh M15 on uh, Chinese spying. Yeah, John, I haven't done that. I haven't screwed up like that. It's been years since I've gotten my clock wrong to that great of a degree. But anyway, neither here nor there. Hey, we, we all screw up from time to time. Um, this, is, uh, this is interesting, and I'm curious to see what your take is on this as well. Um, you got the head of the FBI, you got the head of M15. Uh, MI5 in the UK warning about uh, Chinese spying. Warning about Chinese spying. Okay. Um, we know that they do this, right? This, is this some sort of alert? Is cyber theft, industrial espionage? We all know that this is the case, and companies obviously need to protect themselves from this. This is nothing new, but we're also part of the problem as well. I was, I was thinking about this story, and it actually brought me back. Maybe it kind of remembers um, this during the, the Clinton administration. Loral Space. Remember Loral Space and how all of a sudden we, the, the China got all of this missile technology from us? We allowed it to happen. You remember that actually it went into, remember Al Gore, and it was you know, they had that... Uh, campaign finance issue and it was run through some sort of some sort of temple somewhere in china you remember all that they didn't have any of that technology until we gave it to them and, and you know you see these rockets that are landing the military grabs them you know this north korean stuff that that lands when they're testing rockets you think they came up with that stuff on their own no no, this is it's all stuff that we have developed here. So yeah, yeah, this is this is what China does. We all know this. Okay, protect your stuff. Guess what? Be more competitive. Yes, yeah, one of the things I, I I fail to understand. They're going to be, you know, stealing our stuff, and obviously, I think our stuff's going to be a hell of a lot better. Might might we want to start thinking about doing the same in, in reverse? Seeing what they're working on over there. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, anyway, speaking about uh, technology, one of our um, high-mobility artillery rocket systems, these are the things that uh, Ukraine was uh, requesting. Um, we've sent four. Two of them have been destroyed already. Yeah, the, the, the four, we've sent over four of these, uh, these, these systems here. They're called HIMARS. Um, two of them have been destroyed already 
I, I really, I really hope we're, we're holding back to some degree in regards to the the money that's heading over there. Uh, is anybody watching that forty eight billion dollars and how it's being spent or where it's being spent? I'm sorry, I've been around the the block a lot, and I got a sinking suspicion that a lot of it's going to end up in a Swiss bank account somewhere. Just saying, just saying. Anyway, got to take a break now. I got it right that time. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. Take advantage of all the great stuff we have, including our podcast, as I mentioned. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. We'll be back. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back, everybody. It is The Watchdog on Wall Street show. I, th- I should have mentioned this earlier on in the program, but uh, a lot of these uh, big brokerage firms, right? And I'm going to be taking some hits. going to be taking some hits on um, uh, loans, these leveraged buyout uh, loans that they started providing um, for, for various different companies. You're starting to see a lot of this stuff being ripped down at this point in time. They weren't able to sell it. They weren't able to get it off their books fast enough. Kind of harkens back to 2008, 2009, except it's not nearly at that level. Um, all of the stress tests were conducted, and all of the banks are they're doing just fine. Too big to fail is alive and well. They're all powerful. Anyway, um, story about red states versus blue states. Uh, by many measure, red states, those that lean Republican, have recovered faster economically than Democrat-leaning blue ones, with workers and employers moving from the coast to the middle of the country and Florida. Since February 2020, the month before the pandemic began, the share, the, the share of, of, of people that are just up and going, it's, it's extraordinary. Grown by more than half a percentage point. Think about that. Red states have added 341,000 jobs over the time. Blue states are still short. 1.3 million jobs. Now we've got more and more companies that are deciding to, to move. Uh, mentioned uh, Citadel recently said it's going to move from Chicago to Miami. Uh, Caterpillar's moving as well from Illinois uh, to Texas. And this is going to continue. Uh, I, I don't see this being a change. I, I do find it fascinating this past week. <laughs> yeah. You had, uh, you had the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, running ads in Florida trying to convince Floridians to move to California because their freedom was at risk in California. What? You mean like making people wear masks or anything like that and um, keeping kids home? No, that, that, that took place in California, buddy. A- again, I'm sure that... Um, Sure, that many you know Floridians out there be more than happy, more than happy to to, to get rid of some uh, some bad apples that have come in there. That that's one thing. One thing again. I'm I'm going to be moving back to Florida. I, I got date set. Got second kid going to be a junior this year. It's my last one. He finishes high school. I am out of here, without a doubt. Can't wait. 
Can't wait. But anyway, um, yeah, you speak to the Floridians down there because there's been such an influx of people. Um, but they're, you know, just don't bring your politics down here. Don't ruin the state. And, and you know, think about it to some degree because Florida's always traditionally been a, a purple state. You go one way or the other. And I'd like to to remind everybody, we I mentioned this before here on the program, why, you know, uh, it, it, make sure when, when you go out and vote, you know, choose wisely. Um, Andrew Gillum was almost the governor of Florida. You, you, again, you want to just think about that for a, a second. Think about it in terms of coming back from COVID. You can think about it in terms of the overall economy as a whole and where we're at today if it wasn't for these red states if it wasn't for these red states during covid do you have any idea what type of predicament we'd be in at this point in time oh not not to mention the fact saying just saying so you know florida yeah was a was a purple state but you know for the first time ever they've got now more registered uh, Republicans than Democrats. And again, full disclosure here, people, uh, I'm not a member of any party. I left the Republican Party years and years and years ago. We're equal opportunity bashers. But if you cannot see how well some of these states are doing, there's a reason behind it. There is. There's a reason why Elon Musk said, you know, why moving the headquarters to Austin? We're getting out of California. happening and again yeah lower cost of living lower real estate costs well some of them have come up in certain places the myriad of other things another one for me is the bloody potholes for crying out loud they, they've figured out how to pave roads here in the state of new york with all the taxes we're paying but anyway i've complained about that before and enough we'll take a quick break watchdog on wallstreet.com watchdog on wallstreet.com again take advantage of all the great stuff we have, whether it be our newsletter, whether it be podcast, personal CFO program, you name it, watchdog on wallstreet.com or give us a call 800 471 5984. I've been talking about get the tea for a long time. You know, their teas are delicious. They're a delicious way to gently cleanse your gut so you always feel your best. Get the Tea is trusted by thousands to keep their gut healthy every day. If you don't already know, Get the Tea also has a high-quality line of organic, non-GMO supplements made right here in the United States. One of my favorites is Joint Love. Joint Love contains a proprietary blend of healthy herbs, minerals, and glucosamine designed to help keep you moving pain-free. Unlike many brands, Joint Love is formulated for excellent absorption, so you'll be confident you're reaping the benefits. Right now, save $15 when you buy this dynamic duo. Life Change Tea plus Joint Love. Go to GetTheTea.com and check it out. Here's the deal. GetTheTea.com. Use discount code Clyde for free shipping. That's GetTheTea.com. Discount code Clyde. This is Colonel Danny Gilm, the host of Frontlines of Freedom, your military talk radio show. China announced it was ending all contact with us on major issues, including crucial climate cooperation that led to the international 2015 Paris Accord, as tensions and public rebukes ratcheted higher over House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. 
China's move to freeze key lines of communications adds to the rapid souring of relations from Pelosi's visit and from the Chinese response with military exercises off Taiwan, including missiles that splash down in surrounding waters. The White House summoned China's ambassador and told him that military actions were, quote, of concern to Taiwan, to us, and our partners around the world, end quote. Experts in China-U.S. relations warned that China's diplomatic and military moves appear to go beyond retaliatory measures for the visit and could open a new, more openly hostile era and a more uncertain time for Taiwan. Yep. Thank you for joining me for A Minute with a Colonel. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Exercise is hard. So is maintaining a healthy diet. Of course, neither is half as hard as dying. Sadly, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Even sadder, most of these deaths are preventable with a few lifestyle changes, including regular activity, healthier eating, and not smoking. Talk to your doctor about your risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. Visit CheckupAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. A message from the American Diabetes Association. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. I, I, I sometimes I forget. I, I, I have to remind. Again, we get new stations, get new listeners all the time. Um, what our, our personal CFO program is all about, uh, what we do. And in essence, you're going to become a part of this. Um, you're you're going to acquire. You're going to acquire some traits over time. Not going to happen overnight. It's not. Not going to happen overnight. You're going you're gonna to learn over time. And it's just kind of interesting what, what happens you know, when you have a, a market correction. When you have a market correction, when you have a sell-off, a recession, whatever it may be. Uh, again, I've seen quite a few of these in, in my career. But like clockwork, it's, let's say that you became a new client of ours, became a part of our family uh, last year. Say 2021, summer 21, fall of uh, 21. And we, we put together everything together for you, get your, your, your preparation all on, you know, on its way, going, doing well, all up until the beginning of the year. Again, we were very conservative last year, you know, some energy stuff that we had gotten involved with because we saw kind of that, that, that things might get a little, uh, little out of hand. And they did. And these people, you know, they oh, geez, my portfolio's down. It just came on board. You know, the market's down to this degree, and you're not even close. You, you've got you've got to understand. You've got to learn how. And this is something that I do over time. How to navigate financial storms, corrections, and volatility. How to deal with this stuff. This is where we spend the bulk of our time. The bulk of our time you know, is you know, reassuring and explaining 
to new clients how it works. And it's, it's part of a, a natural process. And, and over time, you're going to have, you're going to acquire the ability. You're going to start being able to recognize serious risk. You're going to be able to discern the difference between the conventional wisdom of the day and the reality of the terrain. You're going to find out where the best safe yields reside, how to apply them to your portfolio. Again, compounding the royal road to riches. You're going to see how we've been able, throughout all of the things we've dealt with in our three decades of existence, (laughs) to position our, our clients for success through some of, again, let's be honest here. You take a look at the, the sell-offs and what's taken, the, the turbulence that I have seen in my career and what we've, what we've been managed to navigate. And that's, that's, in essence, what the personal CFO program is all about. And again, it, it, again, it's like a family office for you. If you do need help, if you'd like help from our accountants, you get it. If you need help with your estate planning, need that, we've we got the attorneys for you as well. We're here to help. So again, I, I invite each and every one of you to take advantage. Take advantage of what we have to offer. And, and again, I know I, I mentioned this in the first hour of the program. I'm going to remind everybody again. Okay? It's not one of these places. It's not, the, it's not the type of shop that I run. I could never run my business like this. We're here to help everyone. We're here to help everyone. Whether you're just getting started or you're well on your way. We do not show anybody the door. And I never never forgot, we don't forget here at Markowski Investments how we grew up and where we came from. You know, th- that to me is just nonsensical. It's kind of like a doctor saying, oh, you don't have enough money. You're not rich enough. I'm not going to I'm not gonna make you well. No, no, it's not, not who we are. Anyway, take advantage, personal CFO program, podcast, you name it. Get to our website, Watchdog. On WallStreet.com. That's watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call 800 471 Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Ah, great memories, this tune, man. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, we're 1971 today. Tunes from 71, what we did today. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. That's right. Get there. Take advantage of all the great stuff we have at our site. Gonna have a little fun couple stories here that i saw i found kind of fascinating off the beaten track stuff that we finish up with on the program here's one younger men younger men are seeking vasectomies at a much faster pace they're they're cutting to the chase no pun intended cutting to the chase and they're all doing this because of the roe versus wade ruling um be honest have at it, guys. Have at it. Ah, oh, yes. I, I'm sorry. 
lunatics, if you guys stop procreating, you're doing us all solid. You are doing us all a solid. You know, that was the kind of the, the premise behind the movie Idiocracy is that uh, idiots kept procreating and it kind of pushed out all the intelligence in the country. Speaking of uh, intelligence, how about this one? Well, as it turns out, they did, they did, a, uh, they did a poll of uh, 1,030 Americans. It was commissioned, uh, and it was about uh, independence. It was about independence. A, um, I'm not making this up. Um, uh, it's, it's less, less than, uh, it's just amazing to me. I, 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 less than 58% of all respondents correctly answered that America gained its freedom from Great Britain. Uh, 8% said Europe. Over 8% said South America. And more than 12% chose none of the above. Think about that for a second. Think, uh, that's, again, a third. A third of the people. They didn't know. And, and again, I talk about, talk about voting earlier on in the program. These are people that find their way into a voting booth. Please don't. Please don't. You know, it's to tell you people out there that just don't know, don't know, and many of you just don't care. You know, you know what's better than hitting the like button on your social media? You know what's better? You know, you do a better thing. You should put out there and you say, I didn't vote because I don't know. I don't know. Please do us a solid. Don't find your way into a voting booth. Um. People ask me about this they, again because I I live here on Long Island and they ask me you know weekends do you go out to the Hamptons? Do you go out to the Hamptons? No, I do not. First and foremost, uh, my summers um, are primarily spent up until the beginning of August. That's when I we take our family vacation. Up until the beginning of August, uh, our summers are spent on the lacrosse field. Going from tournament to tournament to tournament here, there, and everywhere. With that being said, even if I had the time, even if I had the time, even if somebody, if somebody said, Hey, Chris, here is a hundred thousand dollars, but the only way you can spend that a hundred thousand dollars is if you rent a house, a nice one, big one, and the Hamptons for the summer, I wouldn't do it. I, I kid you not. I wouldn't do it. Those are not my people out there. Okay? I, yeah, think of it this way. I, I'm, I'm kind of like uh, the Rodney Dangerfield character. Okay, right from uh, <laughs> Caddyshack. I, I don't blend out there with these people. I, I really don't. I don't want to be around these types of people. Now, have I gone out? Have I gone out to West Ham? Have I gone to the beach for the day because I wanted to go to the beach? Yes, I have. I've gone a couple times, but to stay out there, uh, <laughs> you got to listen to this story. I, I, I mean, again, I had to check it a couple times. It's true. You've got 
rich Manhattanites or people who like to go to the Hamptons getting surgery done, getting surgery done so they don't feel like they have to go to the bathroom as much. And this is all because the traffic to the Hamptons has gotten so bad. So bad, the, the rides out there, they don't want to stop because of the traffic. And these are not that, you know, they're going to pee in a bottle by any stretch of the imagination. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not making it. They call it Hampton's Bladder. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it's prostate artery embolization reduces the size of the prostate men and bladder Botox which decreases urinary frequency for women. People are actually having this done. Having this done. And again, you want to go to the Hamptons? You want to hang out with, 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 with this crowd? Uh, nah. Nah, nah. I, I, I'd rather, uh, rather stick a hot poker in my eye. Anyway, um, touch on this as well. I'm forgot about this and i just saw it here sitting here mitt romney had a piece mitt romney had a piece america is in denial too many americans are dismissing threats that can prove cataclysmic listen mitt romney um you read this piece and again he's trying to he's trying to I don't know, throw out some sort of olive branch and reach over, and he talks about Biden being a great guy. Listen, people, you know, we don't need milk toast Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is not going to bring this country back. But what we do need are people that can actually listen and have discussions. Yeah, you better be, you've got to be, you got to stick to what you believe in. But you also need to listen. We don't need the Mitt Romneys of the world coming up. That's for sure. Anyway, got to go. Have a great week, everybody. Reminding you that, again, our podcast every single day. Sign up for it at watchdogonwallstreet.com. Personal CFO program. All sorts of great stuff. Watchdogonwallstreet.com, everybody. God bless. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Oh, my God.